there comes a point, and I have seen it quite often with my clients, that they wonder, what am I doing here? Did I make the right decision? Mm. Am I doing, do I find meaning in what I'm doing? Mm. Um, or should I change everything? Shall I change everything and go back to my country? Hi all, Andy Clark here. Today in the podcast, I'm talking about mental health issues. I'm talking to psychologist Vasya Sanantopoulou. And the reason to talk to her is that some initial research has been uh, published or some headlines from a research uh, at least. And that research has been conducted by Healthcare for Internationals, a non-profit which is dedicated to improving the healthcare of non-Dutch speakers in the Netherlands. And that research is, is quite shocking in a way. It shows that... Uh, more than 50% of internationals are having mental health issues here. So an important uh, topic to, to focus on, and that's what we're talking about in the podcast today with uh, Vasya, and she is from antiloneliness.com. OK, that's coming up in a second. Um, and just a reminder that if you are a fan of the podcast or you want to help me out in any way, then you could really do that by uh, becoming a patron of the show. There's a link in the show notes Um Becoming a patron means you become a sponsor of the of the podcast and that helps me make new podcasts in the future. Uh, it can cost from as little as a euro a month or a couple of euros a month. It's up to you. And if you don't have any money, then that's also fine as well. Uh, listening to the show and spreading the word is great. But yeah, if you do really think, hey, I'd like to help out, uh, that would be awesome. Check out the link in the show notes. All right, let's get on with the podcast. Hi, uh, Andy Clark here. I'm talking to Vasya Sarantopoulou today from the Anti-Loneliness Project. Uh, Vasya, we've talked a couple of times in the past. Indeed, indeed. And uh, I thought it would be good to talk to you again because I came across some new research from Healthcare for Internationals. Um, now, I shared that with you and you've had a quick look. Indeed, yeah, I took a look and of course, what we read there, it's not good news, Right. No, I mean, what they've said is uh, basically in this research, which is in its initial stages, uh, I've got to say that because uh, they've just brought out a kind of couple of headlines about it so far, is that 50% of internationals in the Netherlands are facing some kind of mental health issue. Um, first results from this research that they've done, um, but they're saying, you know, that uh, the problems that a lot of internationals are facing, more than half of the internationals then, are to do with feeling lonely, uh, with feeling anxious, or even being uh, depressed. Um, what, what's your take on this? these statistics? We've, we're seeing them from healthcare uh, for internationals. It's for sure worrisome. And I nobody likes when they see that 50% of the people, internationals, that they live in the Netherlands, they are facing uh, mental health challenges. And at the same time, I'm not very surprised because as a psychologist, I see that every day. We have intakes every day and I mm -hmm. speak to my colleagues and they have the same impression that people are reaching out for help. Oh, so I understand the statistics on that. Why, why so many then? Because I mean, more than half, is, it's, it's a huge amount. Yes, it is. Um, it is a tough decision eh? to change, uh, to move from your country, to change country, to move to another one. Uh, to live in a new culture, uh, to feel lonely, to feel that you have to start from scratch, to face all the different uh, difficulties here, uh, to meet new people, to start a new life. It's not easy peasy. No, 
No. Okay. <laughs> and you're hearing these stories every day then with people yeah. coming to you. Yeah. What sort of stories are you hearing then? Can you share some of the examples? Obviously without naming names. Of so. course, yeah, of course. Um, indeed, people are feeling lonely and anxious and depressed because um, they face social isolation at some part in their, or part of their life. Uh, they feel excluded. They don't belong in the culture system of the host country. Uh, they have to figure out what's happening and how they can navigate in the system here. So there's a lot of things that they need to take on board so that they can feel integrated in the new culture. Um, at the same time, they feel homesick. They're separated from their friends and their family. And they feel every day that passes that this distance grows more and more. Um, and that's something that worries them as well. Um, at the same time, they have, I have people that they face, um, conflict between their values, their own values, the values from their, their home country mm -hmm. and their host country. Okay. Do you have an example of yes. a conflict of values? To give you an example. Um, there are people that they're coming from countries where asking for help is okay. Mm -hmm. And people that are coming from countries where asking for help means weakness. So if you understand that these two different people coming from different cultures and different backgrounds, they will reach out for help when they're going through something uh, challenging uh, on a different pace. So mm. one will reach out immediately when something starts being conflicting or they feel stuck, while the other one will try to figure out by themselves how they can uh, sort it out, mm. which means that maybe when they reach out for help, it will be too late. And in general, asking for help in the Dutch culture, is that something that people in your experience here do quickly? And is that kind of, uh, or is, it, is there a big barrier to for internationals beginning to work in the Netherlands to ask for help and getting a good reaction from Dutch people? Um, no, I think it's that's one of the positive elements of the Dutch culture, that they are... Um, very uh, aware, very well aware of uh, the mental health needs and challenges. And whenever they want to reach out for help, they do that. And that's why you can have different degrees and different um, kinds of services where you can reach out for help. You can have coaches, you can have therapists, you can have psychologists, you can have alternative uh, therapists. Uh, so there's a, a bunch, let's say, of, uh, of uh, support out there. And what about on a personal level? Because you came here from, mm -hmm. from Greece. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. how did you deal with, with all of the things you mentioned, you know, a minute or two ago about adapting and feeling isolated and coming to terms with a new country? Um, patience, mainly. So I wanted to absorb as much as possible from the Dutch culture. Um, keeping my expectations not low, but in a normal level, because that's something uh, also related to stress. High and un unrealistic expectations, it's highly related to stress uh, because we feel that we're never good enough and that we need to, to struggle more and that we were, so there's something wrong with us. So keeping realistic expectations that this will take time, that we cannot uh, integrate within, you know, few months that this will take much more time mm -hmm. and it's different when you are coming here and you're studying and it's different when you come here and you're a trailing spouse it's a different situation if you come here and you're working so mm -hmm. we're talking about three different categories even more than that which need different uh pace of 
integrating. Yeah. Is there a particular group within those categories then who have more or more susceptible to problems, mental health issues in those groups, or do people reach out to you mm-hmm. more often from mm-hmm. a certain group? Um, I think people that they are um, working towards a milestone, for example, new parents. Being a new parent when you are in your home country, it's okay because you have your family support and your friends there. But becoming a parent in a new country, you have to face the new country's healthcare system. You have to face all the challenges by yourself. You don't know who's going to be at home with a baby. Somebody needs to be back. Uh, Somebody needs to sacrifice their career so that you can have a family the way you want Mm. Um, so that can be one category. Another one can be, uh, people in new roles, people that they get promoted, for example. Um, and then again, we talk about culture. So that's something different in Dutch culture. When you're coming from another culture, uh, probably you learn that you work as much as possible until the work is done, which means I'm working 10 or 12 hours per day. While the Dutch culture says, no. <laughs> Five <laughs> o'clock, you go home. Time to go. Yeah. Time to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's something new that we need to adjust as well here. Mm. And the, I see that internationals that I see in my practice, it it's getting them more time to get used to that. Right. They they are working more hours, mm. and they don't know. And they're asking me, I don't know how locals do that, and they <laughs> cope with the challenges because for me, eight hours is not enough. Right. Because that seems like a, something that would be less stressful. Everyone leaves at five, exactly. so the working day yeah. has more time for your personal life. Yeah. But if you're used to yeah. sort of working 12 hours a day and, and being seen to be super busy, then it can give you stress that it's a different work culture altogether, which is more yeah. easygoing. Yeah. It yeah, seems yeah, yeah. a bit kind of counterintuitive, but yeah, it yeah. is still. And uh, we go back again to what we said before, the culture of my, the, sorry, the values of my country versus mm. the values of this country here. Yeah. Where here it's okay if you leave at five o'clock and nobody will say anything. While in my country, I think if I leave at five o'clock, probably they will fire me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really about getting your head around that. Like yeah. you say, taking the time in the beginning to understand the new situation and not laying your old situation on the top and having the same expectations. Yeah. Talk with the locals, find out their own perspective on things because maybe we have our own ideas and our own beliefs. And that can be contradicting, as you said before. Huh? So talking with the locals will give us uh, the big picture, mm. what we need to know about the culture. Okay. Do we know um, these figures from healthcare mm. for internationals? And that's 50% or more of, of internationals in the Netherlands having mental health issues. What about other countries? How does this compare? Do you have any idea of how that compares with internationals in other countries? Well, I did a little bit of research about that, and I think the number is around the same, 50% in other countries. Uh, I also checked another uh, paper that was talking about the experts in the U.S., and indeed there was around the 50% uh, people that they are at high risk for problems such as anxiety and depression. So I think the number more or less is the same. It depends on whether we're talking about metropolitan cities or whether we're talking about small towns and cities. And so what's the difference then? The difference is that in metropolitan cities, big cities, then you can have more access to uh, mental health care mm. services. Mm. While in small cities, maybe you have less options or maybe you have another mentality around uh, seeking for help, professional right. help. Okay. Or uh, it also depends on whether you live in a, in, a, in a city or a country that it's considered safe or whether you live in a country that 
uh, it has a lot of poverty or violence or crime. So that makes it even more unsafe yeah. uh, psychologically to be there and to feel that, okay, this place will feel like home mm. sooner or later. Okay. And and the, the things that are pointed to in this uh, initial research are quite serious things. Then I mean, stress, but also feeling anxious, loneliness, and, and even depression. Um, is that the sort of thing that you see here in the Netherlands quite a lot too then? Yeah, yeah, indeed. Loneliness, uh, I can say that this is, it's like an umbrella that covers anxiety and depression. Um, and I would also add, uh, confusion. Okay. Why? Why? Um, because when you're in international and you live in a new country and you're going through a phase where you're feeling lonely, isolated, maybe even ostracized from the, ostracized from the people around you and you're going through mental health challenges as anxiety and, and depression, then there comes a point, and I have seen it quite often with my clients, that they wonder, what am I doing here? Did I make the right decision? Mm. Am I doing, do I find meaning in what I'm doing? Mm. Um, or should I change everything? Should I change everything and go back to my country? Yeah. It's a huge, it becomes huge. It, everything. Yeah. yeah it starts, my, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It starts with something, something small mm. and it can become even an existential crisis or, you know, life crisis. Mm. And that, of course, adds up to all the rest. Yeah. And what if somebody's in that situation listening to this? What, what should they do? If someone, you know, it's not out of the bounds of possibility, of course, more than 50% of internationals are struggling with these issues. And I'm sure a lot of internationals at some level have that kind of, am I in the right place? Yeah. Is this the job for me? Is this the country for me? But if somebody's really in that kind of, you know, circular thinking and really getting stuck in this kind of thing of, oh my God, what's, what, what do you do to break that sort of cycle? Yes, exactly. It's a cycle. It can it can spiral very quickly and you can start with something small and then you can add up to that and you can have a whole pile of negative thoughts that actually leave you confused, stuck and not enjoying whatever is happening at this moment. Um, so what I would suggest is what we said before as well, um, focus more in the present moment. It's okay that we don't know whether this is a decision that we will regret or not. There are more chances actually that we regret it if we have negative thought about it, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So leaving behind the negative thinking, leaving behind the perfectionistic actually thinking, which is I need to make the perfect decision. I need to do something which is the best. That adds more stress. Accept that it's a phase. We are here now and we're going to make the best out of it. And we are going to work day by day and see how this grows or changes and we will adapt. And if there's, there's a day that feel, this feels that this is not a good decision, we're here and we can change that and we can take all our stuff and go back to our country. But now defending our decision, it seems to be the most important thing. Mm. I made a decision and I'm here and I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to support and defend this decision. So breaking things down. Exactly. Keeping an overview and making it manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And of course, asking help either from friends or from colleagues or from uh, local people or asking professional help. Mm. That can help a little bit put some structure in these overwhelming, chaotic thoughts. Yeah. So that we know 
that it's another thing to have to deal with the stress that comes from work and it's another thing to deal with stress that comes from big life decisions. And if someone, how do you recognize that you're in that cycle, that negative spiral on the way down? Because it might be difficult to recognize yourself. I mm. guess, you know, you might start slipping down that slope and you mm. think, okay, you know, maybe mm. it, if you get to the bottom, how did I get here? But on the way, it might be difficult to recognize uh, things. And what can people look out for to think, you know, to try and stop themselves getting to the bottom of the spiral, as it were? Yeah, yeah. You may, yeah, you have a good point there. It's difficult to point out that when you are in this spiral, because our thoughts, they run with speed of nanoseconds, you know, yeah. they, they can run really fast. So it's very difficult to understand, to recognize it, to stop it and to turn it around. And that's what we do in therapy. We slow down things so that we can understand what are we thinking and how is this helpful and how we can turn it around. However, there is something that can help us recognize when we are in this spiral. And this is the feeling. If we're feeling something is weird, we're feeling that there's a, there's a sense of inconvenience that we don't know where it's coming from. Mm -hmm. Stress or even emotions such as, I want to cry, but I don't know why. Yeah. That's, that's a good indication that our negative thinking is in the on mode. And it's working really fast. Mm. So we need to slow down and understand. Okay. Our feeling and this uncomfortable feeling is indication that, oh, wait a minute. Let's slow down now. And does it, it starts with recognizing yes. that then and putting yourself in the present moment? Yes, exactly. And yeah. is that a sort of kind of mindfulness then or something? People talk about mindfulness when exactly. it comes to this? Exactly, yeah. It's exactly that. It's mindfulness being in the present moment while uh, most of these worrying thoughts are about either the past Mm -hmm. What I did was a mistake and I shouldn't have done it and I regret or about the future. What if? Mm -hmm. What about this? And yeah. What about that? All the worst case scenarios. Things you can't control. Exactly. The past is gone. The future, we don't know it. Mm -hmm. But we are being driven towards the past and the future in our attempt to control the environment, to control our life. It's because there's something that's happening right now and it feels unsafe and we're trying to control it by going either into the past or the future. However, this is the paradox now. Eh? Yeah. It makes us feel even more out of control because we have to think of all these possible worst-case scenarios and then we have no time to think about the present. And we don't do anything about the present because we're all uh, all bored, let's say, about the, the future. Consumed with what Co yeah. could happen instead of seeing what's in front of us and what's happening yeah, yeah. as at the moment. Yeah. And even if, what we said before, even if we change decision in the future, fine. But at least we would have enjoyed the present. Mm. And we would take some good memories or good experience with that. Hey, Andy here. And this is The Middle Bit. Um, of course, I'm talking to Vasya Sarantopoulou in this podcast. And she is a mental health expert. She's a psychologist. And we're talking about the new research or the headlines from the new research which have been published by Healthcare for Internationals showing that more than 50% of internationals in the Netherlands are having mental health issues. In the second half of the interview, we talk about mindfulness and how that can really be effective in staving off uh, mental health issues. 
and certainly giving you a greater sense of awareness, helping you if you are having those problems already, uh, but certainly helping you become mentally more robust in the first place. And we talk about developing a mental health regime. So, yeah, keep listening. It's all interesting stuff. And uh, this is the bit where I ask you to spread the word about the podcast. Here in Holland is independent and exists online only. Um, no big backers, no radio stations or anything. So I rely on you all spreading the word. Uh, so if you can do that, that would be awesome. If you really want to help out, you could go to iTunes maybe and write a review. And then the algorithms will also help and start spreading here in Holland too. And that would be truly wonderful. Um, and if you want to go even further than that, you can give me some dosh. Okay, I know that's a big ask, but if you want to, you can. Uh, you can become a patron, a sponsor of the program, and that will help me make more episodes. Uh, yeah, and that's what I really like to do. So there is a link in the show notes. Click on that, how to become a patron of the podcast. You can also get in touch with me as well and, uh, you know, give me some suggestions for new episodes for the podcast. I'm always open to ideas. Um, I'm working on one at the moment about the political system of the Netherlands, trying to find a good guest after somebody reached out to me and said, can you make a podcast on the Dutch political system and explain to us what's going on, how it works and what are the big issues. So get in touch with me, become a patron, um, spread the word, do all of that stuff. It's awesome and uh, I appreciate it if you can. Okay, back to the interview with uh, Fasia. It sounds easy in theory, mm -hmm. but in practice, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you, yeah, I mean, how do you start with mindfulness? Say someone's feeling kind of, you know, a bit uh, strung out, they're feeling a bit emotional, like you say, they're maybe feeling like they want to cry in the supermarket or whatever, and they're not sure why, or how do you then go from that to kind of being, okay, I recognize that's just a, a thought and it's just, you know, and I'm going to now concentrate on the present. It's, it's, it sounds easy, but I'm sure it's not. Yeah, it's not, of course. And the most common thing that I hear when somebody tries out with mindfulness, they come back and say, yeah, I tried it a couple of times, but it's not working. And it's exactly mm. that same thing that we're doing. And we are causing even more stress to ourselves because we want immediate results. And we think that there's something wrong with us. So the first thing that mindfulness says is when you stop, and you slow down, don't judge yourself. Don't judge the result. Don't expect that something magic would happen. Just be there in the present moment. Just focus what's happening around you. And actually there's a, a kind of exercise which says, focus in five things you can see. Focus in four things you can hear. Okay. Focus in three things you can feel. Focus in two things you can smell and one thing that you're thinking. Mm -hmm. Something like that. You okay. know, five, four, three, two, one. Yeah. And then it gives you some space. This is what we need, space. Mm. To slow you down. To slow down. To give you, exactly. okay, take, yeah. Yeah. take in your surroundings, yeah. be aware of your senses, literally. Exactly. And then yeah. focus on what's happening. Focus on what's happening. Focus mm. on myself. Focus on my body. Yeah. On my senses. And then when I gain a little bit of calmness, then I can have a little bit more clarity Yeah. so that I can understand, okay, there's something very stressful happening right now. And this is coming from some maybe uh, projections into the future or some expectations or some fears that something will come, will go wrong. Okay. I got it. Recognizing it's the first and most important step. Mm. Mm. And then we can work from there. Yeah. 
And do you see people, can people do this on their own or do they always need professional help to be able to do this? Is there something that people can do at home, as it were, as a kind of a first step before? Of course. Yeah, of course. And there are also a lot of applications since we are living in the application era. (laughs) Yeah, the mobile phone is glued to everyone's hand all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But at least there are applications on your phone where you can just put the program on switch it off and just listen. Yeah. And they can guide you through five minutes or ten minutes of mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Eh? We don't need a lot of time. Mm. Um, and we can relax. We can gain some some space. The space that we need because we feel like squeezed yeah. in all these expectations and all these fears. Mm. And without judging the result, doing mindfulness for five days probably is not going to change anything mm. and the same thing happens when you go to the gym for five times right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't change anything <laughs> not a lot no. not a lot yeah <laughs> so you have to wait and see because um maybe you're doing exercises for to strengthen your arms for example but you don't see any result in five days but then there's a month or two months later when you need to lift a table and mm. then you see the result you're like oh yeah, I'm stronger indeed. I can do that. Yeah. The same thing with mindfulness. Mm. Maybe you do it for five days, not any result, nothing is changing. Mm. But then a month later, there's a challenging situation where usually you tend to go there and to start uh, worrying about the future. But wait a minute, you're not doing that. You're just focusing in the present moment and you're thinking in more uh, calm way, still worrying, but calmer. And you're like, okay. Now it's working. I've trained my brain muscle mm. so that I can focus Yeah. instead of getting scattered all over the place with all these possible scenarios and thoughts. Yeah. So people, it's been explained to me in the past as well, you have to like have a, a mental health regime like you'd have a physical health regime, which mm-hmm. is just what you've just explained. Yeah, yeah. And have the kind of same commitment, like you spend two minutes every day brushing your teeth. Yes. Maybe you should spend the same amount yes. of time trying to have some kind of mental exercises that you do to recognize what your state of mind is. Exactly. And I also say to people like, there's no specific time or place that you can do that. Even if you are at work and everything seems to be overwhelming, you can switch off your laptop and take five minutes break and focus on mindfulness. That's it. You need only five minutes. Mm. Or during lunchtime, you can go to the park. I mean, Holland is good for that. Eh? Yeah, You yeah. can go to the park next door, mm-hmm. walk around, have your lunch there. Mm-hmm. And the contact with nature is also very refreshing. Mm-hmm. And of course, a lot of opportunities there for mindfulness. Eh? Yeah. So you can have all in one. Mm. Why is it still such a taboo then, mental health issues? Is it still st- such a taboo to start with? And, and if so, why why is it such a taboo? Um, not here. I am a Greek living in the Netherlands, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was in Greece, then yes, indeed. It was a taboo because people thought that if you're going to see a therapist, you have some serious mental health problems. Mm. Crazy, yeah? We say sign you're of crazy. Sign yeah. Of weakness maybe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it was more like same that was covering that area. Like we don't talk about it. Say to your friends or your relatives that you're going to visit somebody. Don't say that you're going to a therapist. Mm. Well, coming here in the Netherlands, it's a more open environment and people are open to talking about it. And I see my therapist. The phrase I see my therapist is very common. Mm. And it's okay to say something like that. Um Another thing that I hear 
uh, quite often is that people believe that you should have something serious so that you can look for a therapist. Well, this is not the case. I mean, you can be just stuck in making decisions or in a new situation or in figuring out how your past has uh, influenced your present. So you just want to make sense mm. of your life. Yeah. And that's something very refreshing, very problem-solving, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Um, Do you have an example of someone who's come to you like that or a story you've heard about that, which is kind of a, you know, kind of eye-opener, somebody who was stuck in their life and then after talking about it, having sessions, they were able to see things more clearly? Yeah, pretty much what you said. <laughs> um, yes, indeed. Um Although they are coming to sessions, there are people that they are coming to sessions, and I have a few in mind that they keep, for example, saying every time during the first sessions that I'm okay, you know, I'm okay, I don't have something serious, you know, I'm okay. So they keep repeating it so that they can, um, something like apologizing mm. for why am I here since I don't have a serious problem. Um, or sometimes they feel guilty because they say, and I quote them, um, maybe I'm taking time from somebody else who need it, needs it more. Right. So that's, that's the way that they usually, uh, yeah, they carry this taboo, mm. a part of the taboo. It's not, mm. they don't, uh, they don't fully believe it because yeah. otherwise they wouldn't be here. Um, but there's a part of it that still, still lives with them. Yeah. There's still that last bit, even yeah. in a country like the Netherlands, where the attention to kind of mental health regime is still something yeah. that's unusual yeah, or yeah. people find yeah. odd or yeah. difficult. Or or another case that I just remember was um, uh, there was a client of mine and, and she was coming and every time during the session she said, she was saying to me that I feel, um, I feel angry that I'm here. And I feel angry because we talk about difficult issues. So when she eventually said that for a second time, I said, well, we don't need to talk about difficult issues. Let's talk about something else, something which is more positive, how to find more positive elements in our life. And she looked at me and she said, can we? Yeah, of course we can. Yeah. Of mm. It's not about only focusing on the negative part of our life, but a main aspect of therapy is finding the healthy adult in us, the positive elements and make the most out of them and actually enhance them. So when we went through this, uh, let's say, question, then she was coming and she was feeling more relaxed about it and she was enjoying uh, the things that she wanted to talk about without having the pressure that I'm going there because yeah. I have a problem and because we need to talk about the problem. Right. Relieve some of the stress and the exactly. pressure. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it comes to loneliness, I mean, that's one of your main focuses mm -hmm. or has been. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's something that everybody experiences anyway. And, mm -hmm. and internationals perhaps more because they can be isolated. Um, what, what are the good sort of tips and tricks for dealing with that? Well, the paradox of loneliness is that on one hand, uh, it makes us reach out to other people. It's like when you have physical pain, when something burns for example and you touch your your hand on it it burns and then you immediately take it away so physical pain makes us um f be more safe or protect ourselves from uh physical danger the same thing with emotional pain and we're talking about loneliness loneliness is emotional pain uh 
So this is a message from our body that you need to, to see what's happening with your relationships. There's something that we need to change here. Or we need to reach out to more people. So the paradox is that one hand, we want to reach out to more people. On the other hand, we are afraid that when we reach out to other people, we will be rejected. Mm. And that keeps us away from reaching out to people. Yeah. So you see the circle? Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. So yeah. what I say is that let's recognize a situation where we tend to bring the fear back. So we know that there's a party uh, organized by our company, but we don't go because we think that we are going to feel again excluded. Mm. So this is where we actually enhance and build on loneliness even more. Uh, so changing this avoidance technique, we don't need to avoid. We just go there without expectations, without judging people, mm. without thinking that they judge us and they will reject us. Yeah. And we go there and we do our best. Of course, there are going to be people that they're going to reject us because they don't like us and we don't like them, right? Yeah. yeah. But loneliness... Um, maximizes this effect and we think that everybody should like us. Mm. And if somebody doesn't, then this is going to be a disaster. Yeah. So through loneliness, we see things through another perspective. Yeah. And we, we are more afraid of rejection and we're more afraid of other people and we try to protect ourselves. So eventually what we need to do is we are okay. We don't need to protect that much. We can trust people. And we can trust ourselves that sooner or later we're going to find somebody who is a good match with us. And talking about a good match, um, first looking into ourselves, what are our interests and our values? So we don't go and we're trying to um, be a friend with everybody, a friend mm. with everybody. Mm. Just select the yeah. people that we have the same hobbies, the same values, the same interests, so that we can build meaningful relationships that's the opposite the antidote of loneliness meaningful relationships not just relationships don't not just superficial contacts because yeah, that could be more stressful if you're kind of, of pretending to be someone you're not with a group of people who are interested in things that you are absolutely not interested yeah. in and it feels even more lonely you go back home and you're like yeah why did i bother yeah you know <laughs> why did i go we've there? all had that though <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, very normal so. yeah, yeah it's normal trying yeah. to fit in in work situations and stuff yes. that's something that obviously people want to do yes yes and yeah. of course learning learning the language mm -hmm. yeah although we don't need to master the language mm. Yeah. See, again, we don't put a lot of expectations on ourselves. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. learn the language, just yeah. to give you a sense of achievement that mm. you belong in this country, that somehow you understand what's happening. Yeah. That's also very helpful. Slow down, pay attention yeah. to the yeah. now, yeah. And, and, and keep your expectations realistic. Exactly. Embrace right. the differences because we are different and we cannot change that. And also locals like us because we're different. Mm. We bring color in their life. Mm -hmm. They like, you know, what they learn from us. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. we can have, you know, a relationship where we give and take. Yeah. Okay. Fascinating talking to you, as ever. These are really important issues and, and you know, want to come back when this research has been more fleshed out mm -hmm. from the uh, Healthcare for Internationals organization. Like I say, they've only just brought out the kind of few headlines mm -hmm. on this at the moment. Mm -hmm. But it seems, you know, it's saying that uh, more than 50% of internationals have mental health issues and uh, it's a serious, serious uh, subject. So, uh, Vasya, thank you once again for talking to me and uh, it's been, you know, great to hear your thoughts and I hope this has been useful for people listening as well. Um, 
yeah, mindfulness, using these techniques, using apps. You mentioned apps. Is there a particular app you think is a good one that you would uh, say to people you could use this one? Uh, one of the most popular is uh, Headspace and Simul Habit. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and you can just download those yeah. on your phone. And, yeah. 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 Is that, are they kind of meditation apps as well then, or are they do they use meditation? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They do use meditation. Right. Mindfulness is the practice of meditation plus the philosophy around it, which is the non-judging and being in the present moment. Right. So they use meditation, and these two apps... Um, they have adjusted meditation practices in different environments. So you can have a meditation practice, which is when you are at work, mm-hmm. when you're going to sleep and you cannot have, uh, you cannot sleep well, yeah. uh, when you are between two choices and you need to make a decision, mm. uh, when you're feeling sad. So they have adjusted to different environments and different, uh, situations. So that's why, yeah, right. it can be helpful. And this stuff is scientifically backed up these days, isn't it? Meditation kind of always had this sort of yes. nice 1960s kind of a bit sort of hippie mm. idea but now it's been backed by a lot of science yeah i think it's more necessary than ever mm. in this in this period like right now that we're going through you know with all these challenges and stress and anxiety depression social media yeah where we are distracted 24 7 yeah and we're never <laughs> in the present yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 social media has a lot to answer for right yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay Vasya, thank yeah. you very much thank you very much Well, that's it for this podcast. Um, a fascinating topic, a worrying topic, um, but there are definitely things uh, you can do. Develop your mental health regime, as we were talking about there in the second half of the program. Uh, something that uh, we should all think about, I think. Um, and uh, more research will be forthcoming from Healthcare for Internationals on this topic. So far, they've just released a, a few sort of headline findings and now they're diving deeper into their research, I know. So this is a topic uh, I will come back to in the future as well. Uh, big thanks to uh, Vasya Sarantopoulou from antiloneliness.com for talking to me and explaining these issues. She is a psychologist who's dealing with all of this stuff on a day-to-day basis and uh, and really knows what it's like to uh, to help people out. So reach out to her too if you want to. You can find her at antiloneliness.com. And she mentioned a couple of apps in the podcast as well. Uh, one is um, Headspace and the other one was uh, Simple Habits. Uh, so I will put links to those in the show notes as well. So you can check those out. They are both uh, based on mindfulness and using meditation to bring us to the here and now and focus on what's happening in front of us rather than being constantly distracted, worrying about the past and worrying about what might happen, things that we can't control anyway. So those apps might be good for you to check out. Uh, Yeah. And, uh, of course, if you want to help me out, the podcast, show some love, then you can uh, do that in many ways. You can spread the word, of course, and you could also leave a review in iTunes. That also helps the algorithms get on site. And if you really, really want to, you could even become a sponsor of the show. Uh, Obviously, huge amounts each month would be fantastic. But if you can't stretch that, whatever you can stretch to would be fantastic. And you can do that via the link in the show notes, uh, how to become a patron of the podcast okay and thanks to all of those people who are already doing that it is awesome uh very humbling and uh, i appreciate it a lot and you can also reach out to me tell me what you want me to cover in future episodes of the podcast all right i'll leave you in peace now enjoy whatever you're doing take it easy focus on the here and now and remember even if you are at work and everything seems to be overwhelming you can 
switch off your laptop and take five minutes break and focus on mindfulness. That's it. You need only five minutes. From me, Andy Clark, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time.